Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We are going to discuss the once saved, always saved episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to break down the episode so you can help people who've been hurt by this topic. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and I'm here with Pastor Joel. Hey, Pastor Joel. Hey, how's it going? Great. That was fun. It was. What were your, what are your thoughts about that, that episode? Oh, that was a lot of fun. I, I feel like oh, the David stuff, man. I just yeah. like every time we talk about that guy, I know I sorry, I just jumped in. <laughs> I'm just jacked up about that whole you talking about David and how he responded. Well, take it away. You were the one who brought him up. I wouldn't have said anything about David until you said something. I think when we were discussing the the loose side of the argument. And that was epic. You're right. And he was he was this guy, you know. He committed the big sins. He did all the big ones. He did. And he still is this guy we all look up to. Do we look at David through the lens of, man, he did these big sins. That makes me feel good about all the sin in my life. Instead of looking at David like, man, he made up for his sins and handled them the right way. Maybe I should do that. Yeah, and that's where it's... Uh, God talks about him, you know, my servant, David, my servant, David, my servant, David, you know, I'm going to do this for my servant, David's sake, which is just so awesome. You know, that, that God always is referencing David, but oh yeah, um, I should say in, in his response, what made David God's servant is how he responded to his sin. Right. That's really the core of all of it because he was looking to do, you know, he was, he was after God's heart. So he looked to take direction from God and do what God wanted. Yeah. And when he did what he wanted, that was in opposition to what God wanted. He, he confessed and repented, even yeah. though he did the big ones, man, he did the big ones. That's, I think the, that I'm glad you brought that up because that is making me really see as much as David gets preached about, we ignore the most important part of his story. Yeah, we do. We love talking about his victories. You know, David, I've, I've preached about David and Goliath, I think more than any other story in the Bible. But what's the thing that the one thing I ought to take away from David's story that's going to have the greatest, most powerful, most important impact in my life, it's how he responded to his sin. And that's why I love this, this, this topic, this episode kind of blew my mind because mm. I went into it thinking this will be fun because it's a fun topic to have like a theological debate or discussion over. Because it's usually very, very black and white what people believe about this. Very strong opinions about whether or not you can lose your salvation or not. But what the episode ended up being was a lot less about theology and a debate and a lot more about salvation. And, and that's where I think the most important part of that episode is really not whether or not we can lose our salvation. 
That's why it's like, man, I, I get, to yeah. the end of, get to the end of the episode. And it's like, well, let me just answer the question then. You know, because because I forgot we haven't even said it. Yeah, you can lose your salvation. But it's like, by this point in the episode, it's the least important question. Because the, the topic ends up getting to this way more important question of how do I know I'm really saved? Are you really saved? Whoa, that's a big question. It is. I get why people don't want to talk about that as much as this once saved, always saved thing, because once saved, always saved is a debate where we're not discussing my eternal destination. Right. But you start asking me, how do you Joel know that you're really saved? And we're talking, that's scary, scary ground. If I don't have the right answers, that is a scary discussion, but that's what this episode was really about. Yes. A lot more than this man-made doctrine, once saved, always saved. And a lot of this episode, one of the things that we talked about a ton in this episode was feeling saved. Yeah, feeling saved. Feeling saved. So uh, can you give us an overview of the, the stricter limitation side and then the loose and freedom side? And then I have a question for you about this, about the whole this whole feeling thing. Sure. On the strict side, we have works-based. It's, I prayed the prayer, I do these things, and you know what? The Bible even says, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Well, we talked about that. That verse has a list of things that can't, and I'm not included in that list. I can separate myself from the love of God. But anyways, the strict side would say, you can't lose your salvation. Once you prayed, you're in. Nothing you do will will stop that. The loose side is God elects those who are saved. He's foreordained it. He's predestined it. And if he has decided who is saved, then you can't really tell who's saved and who's not. So that's kind of the, the issue there is it leaves us with no objective measure of whether or not you're saved where we don't even have like at least on the strict side well, i don't know at least but on the strict side they do have all these tangible examples of like go to church read your bible tithe etc the loose side is just no measures at all it's just purely I'm saved because I'm one of the elect. Yeah. So here's my question. Let's we're we're going to we're talking about feeling saved. It is my feeling saved an emotion or is it a feeling? Because this is where I want to get into. I want to talk about the difference between emotions and feelings so can you kind of break that down because how would you what is this is this unconscious is this conscious what is this once saved always saved what are we talking about here what part of the brain yeah we're trying to settle our unconscious brain with the once saved always saved the unconscious brain works on feelings mm -hmm. not words it can be reached through words, but it doesn't communicate with words. 
it communicates with anxiety, depression, frustration, those types of things, right? The conscious brain is where emotions are. Emotions have a known cause. The reason this gets confusing is because we do feel emotions, Mm -hmm. but emotions in and of themselves aren't feelings. Emotions are, there's four of them, sad, mad, happy, fear. We know why we're sad or why we're mad or why we're happy or why we're fearful. That's how you can tell if it's an emotion. If someone says, oh, I'm really happy right now. And you're like, why? And they're like, I don't know. They're either, they're either, they're, they either have mental health issues or they're, they're communicating the, their vocabulary needs an adjustment because they're not feeling happy unless they know why they're happy. I'm happy because I just found $20 on the ground. That's why I'm happy because my son just got his first job. You know, there's a cause I'm sad because my dog died. Right. I'm anxious. Why? I don't know. If I knew I wouldn't be anxious. Yeah, they would go away. Now yeah. I'm frustrated because you're asking me this stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> the feelings are unconscious. Yeah. And we talked about them in a previous episode. These feelings are like a check engine light. Mm. What these feelings are doing is tr- especially the the extreme negative ones that we have these negative emotions attached to. I don't want to feel anxious or depressed. These are warnings. Something is going on that shouldn't be going on. So go and get your, you know, get your engine checked out by an expert. Um, or by, you know, by expert, I mean, somebody who understands thought process, who can actually help you put words to how you're feeling. Once saved, always saved. The reason this is an issue is people want to be saved. Yet they don't understand salvation. So there's a contradiction and our unconscious brain cannot work when there's contradictions. That's the cause of depression. So if there's a contradiction, your unconscious brain will press down on you, Mm. lowering your energy Mm. because our unconscious brain is our friend or it wants to be. It's trying to get our attention. Like, Hey, you have a, you have a contradiction. Now, when we say, well, I'm saved because God chose me, or if I say, well, once saved, always saved, our unconscious brain, again, doesn't work according to contradictions. Our unconscious brain is going to know that's a contradiction, and it's going to depress us more. Wow. You know what? Maybe I just need to ask God into my heart again to get myself over that hump. You know, there's things I can do to maybe help my unconscious brain loosen up a bit. But then eventually it's going to keep pressing down until I remove those contradictions, especially when the contradictions are in such huge areas in our lives as our very salvation is. Dude, yes. So that's why it's a feeling. (laughs) We're trying to overcome this feeling of unsettled. I'm unsettled. I feel... I don't feel good about my salvation because every time I talk about salvation, I feel weird. (laughs) Yes. I don't feel good. Right. 
So you know what? Once saved, always saved. Ooh, that feels good. Conscious. Uh, it feels good right now. Feels maybe, good this yeah, second. Yeah. You know what? I'm always saved. Okay. But then what happens? I sin in my unconscious brain. It's like, wait a minute. I thought you were saved. Once saved, always saved. So, you know, with the interaction I had with that pastor that I shared about in the What the Flock episode, I see a guy who is actually depressed. He shared with me he deals with depression. We have this conversation over once saved, always saved. And he is one of these people who completely ignored any of the contradictions in that argument. And it was like he was trying to effort his way over this unsettled feeling by convincing himself more than me that once saved, always saved was true. Mm. Why is he hammering this point so hard? Because he wants to feel saved. These feelings, you know, our unconscious brain is nine times the size of our conscious brain. So you imagine like a, a boxing match with a guy who's, what's what's six times nine 50 something a 50 foot tall <laughs> dude beating the crap out of a six foot guy you might be able to dodge a couple punches but eventually you will be crushed yeah that's what we try to do when we take these flawed beliefs consciously and our unconscious brain is trying to get our attention those are flawed contradictions you need to remove those. Hmm. When we when we ignore those feelings and we try to effort our way over those feelings, it is like a six-foot man trying to beat the crap out of a 54-foot tall man. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. And man, you know what's amazing is that Pastor Tater called us and literally told, like, he understands his thought process so well because remember he used to be depressed yep and he wouldn't feel unconscious as saved as his mentors right so what he would do is summon up that fire <laughs> that fire in his belly yep which is, you know, that's emotion. Yep. That fire with happy, sad, mad, whatever, that yep. emotion and show his commitment, you know, and emote that to get over that feeling. And then it was other people that said, wow, you're really passionate. You must be saved. Amen. Yeah, right. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. It's all these feelings and emotions. These people are trying to overcome they this are. unsettled feeling. Because they don't, and, and it's, and it all stems back to, they don't have proof, right? They don't have proof and there's no, there's not, um, and they have contradictions in their beliefs that cause them to feel unsettled, anxious, frustrated, all of these things that they can't immediately get their fingers on. Right. So the solution for feeling like crap is for me to feel good. How do I do that? It, right. In one step, A to B? No. Well, can't. it's like what Pastor Tater, like you were saying, 
Yep. I, I try to effort my way by riling myself up and ramping myself up. Right. Which now I'm actually causing more problems because I'm running my conscious brain at a speed it shouldn't be running. When everything we've done through every one of the episodes, this is our 30th episode. And the solution to getting over these unsettled, depressed feelings is to remove the contradiction that your brain is trying to operate according to. It's not about feeling good in one step. Feelings are an effect of our thought process. Mm. When our thought process is running the way it was designed to, those feelings go away. And our thought process was not designed to run on contradictions. Man. So that's why it may sound backwards, because it is a backward step. Look under the hood, find the contradiction. And that's what we're trying to do. That's what you and I do a lot when we're interacting with people who are having these mental health issues. We're looking under the hood. We don't know the answer. We don't know what their contradiction is. So we've learned to ask questions, try to get to know them, find out what they're frustrated about, get them talking. And through that, we can start diagnosing. Hmm. Maybe they're being, maybe they're holding somebody to a standard. They're not holding themselves to in a certain area. Maybe they have a flawed belief about who God is. Yeah. Maybe they have a flawed belief about what sin is, about what salvation. I'll tell you, these really foundational topics are really important because they infiltrate all the other beliefs that you hold to be true. Everybody's belief about God is a foundational belief in their worldview. Whether they believe in him or not, it is foundational. So it's going to affect everything else you believe. If you have a contradiction in that area, wowzers, it's going to hurt. (laughs) Where if I have a contradiction over which fast food restaurant's the best, I might be able to muscle through that and just not think about it and get past it. Yeah. But every time I look at the world, my view of who God is is at play. You can't get away from it. You can't avoid it. Right. Yeah, that's spectacular. Okay, let's look at these the three categories of people from the perspective of self-esteem. Awesome. So we have the low self-esteem people. These are the people that, you know, we feel sorry for them. When I say we feel sorry for them, it's not, we're not looking down at these people. We feel sorry for them because the beliefs that they're holding to be true are ruining their lives. And we think that's a bummer. It sucks. It does suck. Yeah. And I think we said in a recent episode, you and I connected over this, this fact too, of like another reason we feel sorry for them is because we've been there. <laughs> we know what it feels like. We know what it's like to have garbage, garbage doctrine. We know what it's like to live a garbage life. Yeah. I, I wasn't born a Christian. There's a crappy life I had to live up to that point. But we, yeah. you know, these people we feel sorry for with low self-esteem are the ones who they're avoiding tension. Mm-hmm. That's why when confronted with the contradiction, they ignore it. Because they don't want to feel that. Because if I have a contradiction, I'm a bad person. 
mid self-esteem, we understand them. These are people who are just, they're oftentimes frustrated. They want the right answer. They don't have it. They want to live out the person God created them to be, but something is causing them to feel stuck. Yeah. So they're missing like these, these a lot of times mid self-esteem are the people where they've gotten to a point where they're trying to at least prevent bad stuff in their lives. They might not have a, a great direction to go yet, but they are recognizing the areas that are bad. And then the high self-esteem people, we've, we've covered this in so many different topics. These are people who don't equate whether they're right or wrong with who they are. And when I feel really good about who God created me to be, it doesn't matter if I'm wrong. I'll just admit it. It doesn't take away from the worth I have. Right. Awesome. Which brings us to the ultimate or conjunctive answer. I'll say this, as far as once saved, always saved goes, the conjunctive answer is it's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But so just to, just to hit the nail on the head here, I want to, I want to add one more thing that I think will help people maybe put this whole topic on a different part of their brain that isn't so uncomfortable. We have an experience with somebody who actually believed you could lose their salvation, but hated the terminology, lose your salvation. Like I lost my keys. (laughs) Right. Right. Like I misplaced it. That doesn't make sense. Where's my salvation? Yeah. Where's my salvation? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would say the ultimate answer. First, I'll say this. Salvation's a process. We continue to grow as Christians by growing in grace and faith, which means, like we learned from David, our response to our sin will determine whether or not we're saved. Nice. That's the ultimate answer. That's good. But one of the ways that I like to see this and the way I like to communicate this is I try not to say you can lose your salvation as much as saying you can forfeit your salvation because that word forfeit implies it's a choice i'm making Mm. not an accident like losing something now like 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 solomon right that was not an accident that was not an accident and he intentionally did it and kept making progress in that direction yes so i like this idea of forfeit because it does imply it it is, it is a choice and it, and it does account for man's volition, which is something we have equated. You know, we continue to talk about the responsibility we have as human beings using the word forfeit is right in line with that. So that was the word that it was our founding senior pastor who said when, when he was settled with this conversation, it was a lot more over the terminology than the doctrine that he was getting hung up on. And when we discussed forfeiting your salvation, he's like, oh yeah, you can. Because here's the question then. You know, a lot of people who are who believe once saved, always saved are evangelicals who would say we have free will. So it's my choice to be saved. But once I'm saved, I can't lose it. That's how I'm assured by it. The question is, 
what if somebody who is saved then says to God, I don't want to go to heaven anymore? Are you saying that person's going to be sent to heaven against their will? Mm. No. Where I've actually, like the conversation I've had, I've had this conversation. And the pastor said to me, no one would ever say that. And if they did, they must not have ever been saved. Hmm. So there's, you know, again, the contradictions exposed, they completely ignore it. But the point being, what we're getting at here is we're, why we need to understand who God is so much because God's always completely right, always completely just in what, how, and why he doesn't force people to hell. He doesn't force people to heaven. We have a responsibility in this decision. Nice. And that's where as Christians, just like our born again experience is a confession and a repentance. We continue to grow in that as Christians, every time we sin, we ought to confess and repent for it. That's how we can be assured. Amazing. Thank you so much, Pastor Joel. Thank you to everyone who's listening. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. If you have any questions or comments or, you, or you'd like to hear a certain topic, please let us know. We will see you next time.